Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous December day. And special guest today is Tammy. And how's it going, Tammy? I'm doing really well. And we came down to visit Tammy because it was her birthday. And we have a live studio audience today of Tammy, Lana Del Rey, and Mallory, our two doggies. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no clapping. They have paws. In this podcast... You will learn about what's written in the Bible about morality, morality in society, pornography, prostitution, marriage, and personal relationships. This podcast and the Companion Chapel Worldwide Ministry is brought to you by your generous donations. Thank you so much for the people that are helping out. Go to CompanionChapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or support by simply emailing me just to say hi or come visit the companion chapel at number 338 side road 28 slash 29 sogging shores ontario canada nog 2go we're doing first corinthians chapter 7 so please turn with me in your bibles to first corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 and it's paul teaching answering a letter from chloe from the corinthians at corinth where paul set up a church and Chloe's running it. Seven, one, seven, chapter seven, verse one. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, Chloe, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Yeah, it's not a free for all out there. Like there's a moral standard and you treat other human beings with respect and you love your wife. Verse three. Let the husband render unto his wife due benevolence, and likewise the wife unto the husband. Now let's go to the definition of marriage here in uh, Genesis 2.24 and in Matthew 19.5. And you become one. You become one flesh and you respect that. And it's one flesh in Christ. And benevolence means kind feelings and goodwill. Like you take care of each other and you think about each other. You don't think about yourself. You think of yourself or you think of the other person as yourself, as one person. For the wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Again, respecting each other. What man and wife become one. You don't look at the other person and look down on them, and you don't uh, impose celibacy on the other person because you don't feel like it. Like you take care of each other and you respect each other, you, and you don't you don't carry on like a, like some kind of perverted person because you respect each other in the name of Christ. And we're going to learn way more about this as we go. Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Now, what this means is you, you don't deprive each other of you know, we're in the flesh here. You don't deprive each other of kindness and niceness and, and being together as man and wife. And this the word defraud means deprive or cause to fail. You're going to cause the marriage to fail if you do that. Like, what do you expect? We're bound by the perimeters of being human. So why would there be any surprises if you decide in your self-pride or selfishness not to treat the other person nicely? It works both ways evenly. Defraud not ye one to another. Okay. Accept it be with consent for a time. Now listen, if somebody needs a time out or a break, it's not time. That doesn't mean that they can go look for someone else or go on one of those ridiculous dating sites because they think they deserve better or they're getting their, because they think they deserve better. They can do better. 
they're sizing up their partner and thinking, well, look at this guy, you know, he's got to, you know, just double fisted three cheeseburgers and I can hear the cola fish coagulating in his big fat belly from across the room. And, uh, you can't size up your you can't size up your guy like that. You can't size up your girl in any in any derogatory way. We're all in the flesh. We all get old. We're all gonna get saggy and we're all gonna die. What are you looking over at me for? <laughs> Consent for a time for fasting and prayer. That's what you give yourself a break for. Not so you can sit there in your track pants all day on social media trying to find something better, you know, because that you think because it won't be from God. I can tell you that much. And then come together again. And what's the deeper meaning here? Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. This means, this word incontinency means lack of self-control. You translate within the Bible. And this is how deep this goes. Satan, or, uh, okay, incontinency, lack of self-control. Christ used the same word. Now, this is how, this is, validates this is a trademark of God's validity uh, of, of this word. And Paul teaches and proves to us he doesn't have one single word to waste. And this is the same word Christ used in Matthew 23. And, and woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you may clean the outside of the cup and platter, but, when you're, but within you are full of extortion. And the Greek word is the same as incontinency here. It's ak. Acrasia, acrasia, that means no self-control, debauchery. So be careful. And that was a really good in-depth lesson because what is Christ going to see when he returns? Like he's looking for a virgin bride. What are you carrying with you? What's in your heart and mind? Like debauchery? Or are you nursing along false doctrine? Or are you nursing along your ego because ego, you think you know better? Well, you better watch it. Six. But I speak this by permission and not of commandment. And this is respect and common sense. Permission, or, or this is, but Paul's speaking about respect and common sense within the household. Seven, for I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. Well, this is to apply to the many-member body, okay? What's Paul saying? Paul wasn't married, and he wasn't a womanizer, and he imposed celibacy on himself, and to do that, the first couple months are probably really hard, and then after that, it's not that hard, but some people simply can't. So, apply to the many-member body. Are you allowed to go out and be a pastor somewhere and travel around uh, and still contain yourself, or like Paul could, or if you can't, then what's your gift to the many-member body of Christ? It better be something at home with your wife that you can do together and be as a married couple. Eight, I say therefore unto the unmarried and widows, it is good for them to abide even, even as I. In other words, he's not a womanizer. He's not going around being perverted or gross or debauchery in his mind. And, and he's saying uh, it's good to be like that. It's self-discipline. Christ says the meek shall inherit the earth. And the meek means to afflict. And it means not to afflict by cutting yourself or something. It means to afflict by self-discipline. means to afflict by saying no to yourself. means to afflict by having some self-control. And Paul had it. And some people do. Unmarried people have the chance to prove that. And widows also. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn. And this means like burn in lust and fail, like the word defraud means. You know, get married and find a place to do works and labor. And 
if you do not get married, then you got a job in the many-membered body of Christ. Like, there's nothing else that matters. Ten. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. Okay. Remember what the definition of marriage is. When you're married, God blesses it, if you're both within the Lord. So if you're both together as Christian people and you're not getting along, then consent for a time and go fast and pray and try and take inventory of what's the matter in the marriage and, and confront and correct it. 11. But, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. This is in divorce. This is a reference to Christ, a Christian husband and wife, I should say. This is in reference to a Christian husband and wife. Like, things are going to happen in your marriage. It's no cakewalk. Unless you're two forgivers, then the marriage is dead in the water. If you're holding things and thinking you you have entitlement or deserve better, or you're looking down the road, look at that, look at his husband, like or her husband. He's making, like, he's got six cars and a 10-bedroom house there. Like, I deserve that. You know what you deserve? Nothing. Basic necessities of life. Get over yourself. Twelve. But to the rest be guy, not the Lord. Okay, here's some here's some Paul's advice. And listen to this. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Okay? Alright? So you got one Christian person, and then you got a wife who's probably flipping tarot cards with her dumb friends. Thirteen. And the woman which hath a a husband that believeth not, and if he pleased to dwell with her, then let her not leave. Okay, this is old uh, case of beer for an armrest guy here that just goes out drinking after work with his friends and Mrs. Christians at home reading the Bible and trying to uh, fellowship with other Christians, right? Now, here's the reason. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the other unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. This is because if she's sticking with him, that she is saying, okay, this is how forgivers work. And if there's going to be a change of heart, what she's hoping for, even slowly, by observing her faith and works and God and blessings that will come to that household. Because Mr. Labatt's blue guy there with the armrest for, with a case of beer, his buddies, He's going to finally realize, hey, look at my wife. Her life is so much better, and I'm so blessed to be with her. And what is her standard? What is her doctrine? And she's going to come around. But but if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Okay, if you want to be a heathen, reprobate, and you think you know better, and you want to walk in the prisons of sensual lust, go for it later. You want to walk in the prisons of alcohol or egotism or thinking you know better or all the things that are out there like you can sit there and and you want to take off on your wife that's sitting there and she's a christian and you want to be disappointment in others why she won't come party with you you get you want it turns to hate and vengeful and spiteful feelings and and you just get the jealousy and resent and covetous and bitterness and you know you want to walk in those prisons later man because God knows how much affliction you need to humble for the eternity. And God says, go ahead. How are you ever going to learn? And hopefully you'll come back. But if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. Okay. A marriage should be peaceful. Okay. But if the un- Did I read that? 15? But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God hath called us unto peace. He's in a peaceful household. 
a peaceful marriage. It's not a competition. It's not one-upmanship. It's not, oh, I deserve better. You love the other person. Like, what is perfect in your eyes? Like, what are you trying to prove here? And who are you trying to prove it to? You got to ask yourself these things. You love that person and you're going to get the greatest marriage ever. And people look up to that. They don't look up to the guy who's going around looking down the road. Oh, look at that. What I would do with that. And then thinking, oh, oh that's going to be my new wife. Or that's going to be my new wife because of money or sex or whatever stupid things that you uh, worship. You know, you worship romanticizing the past or things sexual or you think that person has an authority system or a better way of making money or has more material stuff get over it man you deserve nothing but the basic necessities of life and you'll be way happier and god god means it god knows it god teaches it peaceful for what knowest thou O wife whether thou shalt save thy husband you don't know if you're going to save your your husband there if he's a heathen reprobate you just you just hope and you pray or how knowest, O man, whether thy save thy wife? Same, vice versa. But as God hath distributed, let's see. Okay, distributed, divided. To every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk. So and so ordain I in all churches. So God's given you a gift, and you, you. What do you think of that verse, Timmy? God's given all truth access, and, and He sees fit. Like God, God gives us the truth, and what are we going to do with it? Some everybody has a Bible. It's the best-selling book on planet Earth. Everybody has access to a Bible, except in some <clears throat> horrific regions of planet Earth. You know, right? And like, what are you going to do with it? God's word is there for you. So this is what this is what's being said here. Like you can just throw in a desk or just use it as some kind of paperweight or just look at it because it's got a nice binding or are you going to actually work it and read it and, and live by it 18 is any man called being circumcised let him not become uncircumcised is any is any called in uncircumcision let him not be circumcised circumcision is nothing okay get that into you and uncircumcision is nothing okay but the keeping of the commandments of god so don't think that going through some religious ritual is going to save you. Don't think because you, you identify with some kind of church and you do some religious thing that you're supposed to do, that God commands you to do, that's not going to save you. you know, things of obedience, but keeping the commandments of God. So, like I just said, it's just a no-lip service. It has to be from the heart, and you have to do it. Repentance comes from the heart, and your acts... And your intents aren't grudgingly done in the name of the Lord. 20. Let every man abide in the same calling, whereas he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But thou mayest be made free. Use it rather. Nice English here. Okay, so. if When you're called to be a servant of, of God, and every one of you is... There's a knocking at your conscience to do the right thing. There's a knocking at the conscience. You know the light, and you know Christ is the light, and you know it's the truth, and you know the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. Everybody basically knows that. Whether they, whether they want to blur it and lie to themselves or not. When you're called, what are you going to do about it? And if you're a servant, 
Whoopie-doo. Whoopie-doo if you're a servant. Just do the best you can. Get over it. Let there not be a care. Just do the best job you can. All of us serve somebody. Everybody is serving somebody. So get over yourself that you think you can overstep your place in the many-member body or even out there in uh, in society. Just do the best you can. Things will open up for you. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. Like you pray earnestly. You pray earnestly for truth and freedom, for true freedom. And that only comes when you humble yourself and you understand what it means by the meek shall inherit the earth. And and you pray for the love of Christ to come into your heart. Ask and you shall receive. Oh, what have you asked for? Do you think a loving father is going to give you 10000 bucks to clean up your visa because you made a mess of it? Do you think he's going to give you an extra car? Do you think he's going to... Like all these things are the ways of the world that all the evil is associated with. What loving father would give you that? Love of Christ comes into your heart. You realize you don't need anything else. 22. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Yeah, we serve. We submit with unquestioned obedience as a servant to our Lord Jesus Christ. Because none of us are worthy. Every single one of us has compromised to evil. Every single one of us, there's guile, malice, or corruption found in us. We've served the darkness. We've entertained the ways of the darkness, of Satan's ways, of evil ways, for our own personal gain or any personal gain, whether it's personal gain to, to satisfy our egos or personal gain to, for our bank accounts or personal gain just to, who knows? Christ never did that. Here's this guy who walks 2,000 years ago, handing out fish sandwiches with his buddies, never accumulates a dime, and he gets on the cross, he forgives people that drive railroad spikes through his hands and his feet and hang him up there. No sin, no malice, no guile, no corruption was found in him because he did not compromise with evil. And we serve that or you serve evil. It's yea or nay. Christ has every right to set up that kingdom. It's valid because he did not compromise with evil. If he compromised with evil and felt any disdain or hatred towards these people, not the things they were doing, but the people themselves, then it would be an invalid kingdom he set up. The kingdom's in abeyance right now, waiting. He's the prince of, prince of peace, king of kings, lord of lords, and he's coming soon. Hosanna, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our salvation. Hosanna means save us, our Lord Jesus Christ. 23. You were bought with a price, and that's the price he paid. He did not compromise with evil. And he gave the blood sacrifice, the one and only, or the and and blood of all blood sacrifices right there and we have to adhere by that blood sacrifice and if anyone every time you compromise with darkness or corruption or evil you're nailing him to the cross again saying it wasn't good enough it wasn't good enough thinking you can do better you be careful when you repent it's from the heart you say sorry and you think about that cross now that's the symbol of christianity because it does not compromise with evil be not ye the servants of men don't revere or idolize people, men. Don't revere or idolize what someone's saying or, they're, or if they're playing a you know, Bible dipper with the Bible and they look all smart and snazzy with their backward collar on and their dress. Like People worship the dumbest things. They worship the past. They created things instead of the creator. They, they worship the power of everything sexual. They, they worship authority figures and systems and sports players and material crap. 
Let's just carry on and worship money a lot too, believe me. Uh, I forget what verse I'm on. 24. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. There you go. It can't get any more clear than that. God first. Now, concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that hath attained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. This word judgment, just, you know, we're not to judge, but this is Paul saying, I determine this about virgins, okay? And I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress, I say, that is good for a man to be, so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But if any of thou marry, thou hast not sinned. If a, And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. Well, that's like the most grammatically uh, difficult thing to ever read. Concerning virgins, okay, uh, Paul, he's a chosen vessel, and he has creds to give advice. Um, remember the subject in verse 1 of this, concerning virgins, contrary to the things wherever you wrote unto me, is it good for a man to touch a woman? Keep your hands to yourself, guys, you know? I advise every woman to learn a few wrist locks or finger locks and just break their wrists if they come at you and start touchy-feely. Like, who do you think you are? Keep your hands to yourself. There's, there's some advice concerning virgins right from verse 1. I suppose thereof that this is good for the present distress. I say, the present distress was the fornication going on in the land of Corinth. The people carrying on with barnyard morals and bringing it into their households. And it happens today with this one world educational system, this multimedia, the internet, and this TV. Just barnyard morals put forth as the new normal. And it's just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. There's no happiness. There's no inner peace possible. There's no peace for the unrighteous. You can't make it up yourself because it's convenient. Well, everyone else is doing it. Well, so what? I suppose, okay, art thou bound unto a wife? There's a question. Refer to verse 5. Uh, defraud not each other. And remember the definition of marriage. Seek not to be loosed. Like, don't be looking down the road at someone because you think they're better looking or have more to offer or... or you know what? It always ends in disaster. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. Like, this more like was if if you go on vacation, guys, or you go golfing with your buddies, or if you go off being a pastor, because back then there was traveling pastors, don't seek another wife. Don't seek prostitutional or pornos, like it says in here. Okay? Don't seek another wife. Oh, I've been away back then. You know, you couldn't just fly somewhere and come back the same day or the next couple days when you packed your bag you were gone for a couple months don't seek another wife just control yourself they use the word incontinency in here that just means lack of self-control and that's looked down upon and that just causes so many problems it's not even funny because that's adultery and adultery means unfaithful you're being unfaithful to christ if god put together the marriage and you just think you can oh, wow you know i'm far away i can do what i want no you can't there's nothing hid that shall not be revealed and you better watch yourself because you're not getting away with anything and that's in real time god knows your thoughts and intents don't be sitting there at the bar sizing up women and i other way around too because like i said okay 23 but, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Yeah, exactly. 
That's why God made male and female. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. What Paul's saying is, I have, you know, I spare you. It means, um, let's see here. It means, you know, I'm gentle on you. I'm not sitting here pointing fingers. I'm not going to get involved in domestics because here's, here's what you have to do. If you're together in one in Christ, and that's your marriage put together by God, then that means you're two forgivers. Otherwise, it's dead in the water because you forgive people for doing dumb things. Don't sit there and, and burn with jealousy. Don't sit there and burn with contentment and entitlement. You sit there and you think, okay, you know, people do dumb things and forgive and get it's over. You consider human frailty. Okay, Mr. Perfect or Mrs. Perfect, human frailty. Get that into you. You're not perfect, that's for sure. And don't think you're more perfecter if you're sitting there judging the other person. Okay? Two forgivers. That's the way a marriage will work. Otherwise, it's dead in the water. Uh, 29. And here's some flesh life about how short time is. And you better think of your spiritual body. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives, as be they have none wife. They don't have a wife, okay? Like, be faithful. Flesh life, short. And they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not. A very short time, this world, this life. And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. Very short time, okay? Let's just carry on. 32, think about your... Um, Spiritual life, that's what he's trying to say there, 32. Now I'm going to read this how it says in the manuscripts, not here. Do not have anxiety or feel insecure, period. Okay? He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Hey, girlies. Come on, girlies. Simply, what this means, it doesn't mean, oh, now they don't care about the Lord. No, it just means they have more on their plate. They have a household to take care of. They have a marriage. They have more on their daily plate. Okay? That's all. You put God first, period. God in His instructions, God in His instruction is your household. In your household. The moral standard, not the barnyard standards of mankind. You put God first. But he that is married careth for the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Okay, I just I think I just read that. Your daily plate. What's on your what's what's on your daily thing? God first. Make sure your household runs properly. Okay? Not your buddies, not your work, your household. Okay? Thirty-four. There is there is difference also between a wife and a virgin. Now, Paul taught really deep here. Think we are the virgin bride of Christ, okay? It's what you carry. The unmarried woman careth for things of the Lord that she may be holy in both body and spirit. But the married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Again, respect your role in the household. Okay? Guy comes in, he slaps down a paycheck, he better. Or vice versa, or both of you. And help around with family matters. Don't think, okay, it's time for me to hop in my pickup and go drinking with my buddies every day. Or, you know, I got hockey every single night. Or baseball, or, you know. And, and, and for the girl, you know, don't be sitting there on social media in your track pants all day and just letting the household go down. You know, both of you have a, 
uh, responsibility, respect your role in the household, and both you contribute and you love each other as one, not selfishly, selfishly, selflessly, okay? 35, and this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. I just explained that, okay? 36, but if any man thinketh that he behaveth himself uncomely, you better smarten up towards his, toward, okay, start your subject. But if any man think he behaveth himself uncomely towards his virgin, that's when you're dating, if she pass the flower of her age and needs so require, let him do what he will, he sinneth not, let him marry. In other words, bear smart enough, buddy, and this is definition of a shotgun marriage right there, buddy. You're getting married to her. Her daddy's got the 12 gauge on the porch there. Right, Sam? 37. <laughs> Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and hath decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin do as well. Exactly. Respect while you're dating. Get over the barnyard morals you're learning on the internet. That's not normal. There's no such thing as a trial marriage and there's no such thing as expectations when you date somebody respect while dating respect people and other people's hula hoops 38 so then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better exactly uh, party night and you guys are all drunk and go back to verse 36 shotgun wedding there you go 39 the wife is bound by law as long as the husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. Don't skip over that. Don't be a, what do we call it, Mr. Book of Quotes Bible teacher. You just pick and choose what you feel like. Only in the Lord, the definition of marriage. And going back to party night, verse 38, and then you're forced to marry. Um, I was going to say something, but now I forget. It cares. 40. But she, oh yeah, this says, He is giving marriage or do well, but he that giveth her not a marriage doeth better. That means on party night, you're not necessarily picking the girl you really want to be with or vice versa. But too bad. Shotgun wedding time. You're getting married because you guys did the deed and you're going to make the best of it. So you're going to do well. But possibly in your mind, just the parameters of being human, you could have done better if you were meek and showed some control of yourself and learned to say no to yourself. Your body's not an amusement park, and neither is everybody else's. 40. <laughs> but, she, but she is happier if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I have the Spirit of God. Yeah, you do, Paul. Thank you very much. You're an awesome dude. And these are the letters he's answering from Corinth. And that's all I'm going to teach today because that was 30 minutes. Uh, I might do Chapter 8 later. But I hope you enjoyed that. And bye for now. Say bye, Timmy. Bye. Even though I didn't get a chance to say anything during that whole podcast.